book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced living water changes everything one life at a time. Praise the Lord. This morning we are going to be looking at the gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to cover all of them. Neither, may I say, as we study these right off the bat. Uh, Paul is not giving us an only, a, a confinement of only how the Holy Spirit works. As you read in the scripture, you understand a couple of things that we're going to look at as we read chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. That number one, the gifts belong to the Holy Spirit. They do not reside in people. If you ever have someone say, well, I have the gift of healing, they're wrong. They don't. They may have been used by God in the gifts of healing, but they don't own it. The Holy Spirit does. You say, well, isn't that just a play on words? No, it is not. The Holy Spirit owns the gifts. And may I say, I don't believe Paul was being exhausted or saying these are the only ones that could. Every once in a while, this thing just will not work with me. I'm going to try to put it in, in my back and see if it'll behave itself. Is it, are we better? All right, let's give it a try. So, uh, neither do I believe that Paul was giving a list of saying only. As you study this, you have to understand, it says the gifts are given as he determines. Not as we've determined, not as we have thought it out and got it all figured out. God will do whatever he need necessarily do through the Holy Spirit at the time of need. <laughs> Amen? So as we get ready for this, it's going to be a great, great study to finish out our uh, time and to get into the fall and to, to, to put an exclamation point on talking about the greatness of God. There's no greater place to see the greatness of God than the gifts of the Spirit. Before, though, we read that, and uh, our main text, I want you to go in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Because I want to preface this this morning, as I said in the beginning, never before is there a time in the church where is there a need for the person of the Holy Spirit, meaning in the fruit and in the gifts and in the person of the Spirit being evident. I love the song that we sang at the end about the Holy Spirit, that we would be aware of His presence that we would be aware that he's here. Because truly, our flesh will fail us. We cannot advance the kingdom of God in our own strength and power. It won't happen. Only in the power of the Lord does the church move forward. So because of that, I want to preface this and read a little passage of scripture that Paul writes Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10, I want to read through verse 12. 
Finally, be strong in your strength. Is that what it says? Be strong in the power of the church. Is that what it says? No, it says be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is why we desperately need the Holy Spirit. You will not be able to fight it yourself. The church cannot conquer up enough power, enough people, enough programs, enough wisdom on its own without the Spirit of God helping us knowing what it is that we need to do. Not only may I say on an entirety of the kingdom of God, of the body of Christ everywhere, but then specifically, as God has placed different bodies everywhere, it is only by His Spirit that we are able to know how to advance the kingdom of God. So, with that said, let's read our passage of Scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapters 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. Great to have all of you. I, I love to hear the sound of Bibles turning. I wish that there was a way, honestly, for me to know. Uh, maybe you just hold up your your whatever electronic device you have. If you're following a, with an electronic, that's great. Uh, I, I just like knowing because I love the rustling of Bible pages when you know people are following. It's good. So, <clears throat> Okay, 1 Corinthians chapters 12. Now, uh, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord, and there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. 
and to another, effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits, and other, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing them to each individually just as he wills. So the first thing that Paul is writing to us about is our first point, and that is the how and why of the gifts or uh, the, these uh, uh, movings of the Spirit. As you look in the book of Acts, and we could, I, I'm just going to tell you, as any time you're studying about the Holy Spirit, the place to go is the book of Acts. Because truly, as I... Uh, I, I always say the, the acts of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit moving and working all throughout acts. Uh, and he's, yes, using and working through people, but it just helps you say, well, pastor, isn't that again just to play on words? Well, for me, it helps me keep focused. I don't want to ever think that I have come so far along in the Lord that I have arrived and beginning thinking that the Holy Spirit now, I have that gift and I'm just going to operate in it. Okay? So I want to understand that the acts of the Holy Spirit are simply that. They're His. And He moves and He works as He chooses. So Paul says, I don't want you to be unaware or ignorant. Now, as we're studying Corinthians and this particular uh, passage of Scripture and topic of gifts, it would really do you well, because uh, we won't have time to cover the other two chapters I'm going to mention, but it would be good for you, as you are looking at this study, to look also at chapters 13 and 14 of 1 Corinthians. Because in them, you will understand why Paul is even addressing this subject. See, the church was exploding, great things were happening, but as in always, we tend to be pendulum swingers. We tend to, when there's something good, we just hang out there as far as we can. Okay? And the Lord sometimes has to say, okay, that's not the only thing there is. And this is why Paul is addressing this, because in the church, it came apart where they were so excited about the baptism of the Spirit, of it coming with tongues, that all that was happening when they gathered in church was speaking in tongues and nothing else. And Paul says, you're being foolish. You're being like children. This isn't benefiting anybody, okay? So he begins laying out some order as God always does in our lives, doesn't he? I mean, uh, I know, uh, you know, you, you heard me talk about the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit last week and me uh, uh, having a problem uh, with self-control at times. I want you to know that my wife tested that this week. We went out blackberry picking, and she said, are you putting them, uh, what would you say? Are you putting them in the bowl? I said, yes, I'm putting them in the bowl. <laughs> right in the bowl of my mouth. <laughs> but we did actually, we, we did actually get uh, enough berries to pick for uh, a pie. But the point is that 
the Holy Spirit and Paul is addressing things because we go to excess in things. We need the, the Word of God and the Spirit of God to bring us back and do what all that the Lord intends. So Paul was addressing these things. So we're going to talk about the how and the why. So first of all, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. As Christians, it is good for us to be aware of the things of God and to be excellent in them. In fact, in Romans, Paul says, I want you to be excellent at what is good and innocent of evil. So often I find it just the opposite. We want to be excellent at those things of the world and ignorant of the things of God. But we need to be excellent. We need to put our whole heart into it. So this is why I say if we really want to accept all of God's word, to throw out the person of the Holy Spirit and what he does makes absolute no sense. And in fact, as the Lord is coming uh, quickly, and we know we see the sign of the time everywhere, we even need to be more aware of the Spirit of God in our lives. Because these gifts that we're going to see and get through are, are manifestations that uh, cause the greatness of God to be seen. If there is a need in the world today, it is for the greatness of God to be seen. There are people that, that uh, you know, they don't believe in God. They believe that it's, it's no longer there. They believe it's just religious. And unfortunately, sometimes all it is is religious. That's why we need the genuine manifestation of the Spirit of God so that the greatness of God can be exclaimed so that when you're giving your testimony to your neighbor, to your coworker, to your family, they are convinced not because of your words, but because of the power of God that is moving on you, that is moving through you. You say, Pastor Brian, I, I don't have that. Then you need to desire it. Paul says, desire these things. Go after them. Long for them. Come and pray. Ask God to give you them. You say, why? So, so that I can be spiritual? No, although Paul lists them as spiritual gifts, I will tell you, having God work through you in a spiritual gift does not mean you are necessarily mature in God. We have done that in the church too. We see someone exercise a gift, we feel that he's mature in every, or she is mature in every area. Not so. The gifts of the Spirit work in whom are available not based on maturity. So Paul's not wanting us to be unaware. He's not wanting us to be ignorant. Then he makes an incredible statement. He says, you remember how you were when you were a, a sinner in the world? How you were led astray to dumb idols. Paul's being blunt. May I say that we give ourselves to some of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Why not give yourself to God? 
well, I'm afraid I may be foolish, but you'll go out and we'll give ourselves to some of the stupidest things. But we won't lift a finger for God. We, we don't ask God to move in us in his power. See, we need to get the, the, to throw the world aside. God says you're in the world, don't be of the world. Don't have the world's mindset. And Paul is pretty blunt here when he says, you were led astray by dumb idols. And then he says, however, the fact is you were led. I, I mean... And I've been there. (laughs) But if you happen to be there and something has gripped your heart other than God, get rid of it. Let it go in Jesus' name. In his power, take authority and let it go. Just let it go. Then he talks, so, about the how. How do the gifts of the Spirit work? They work in varieties of gifts, ministries, and effects. This is why I've talked to you about when the Spirit of God is moving or something happening, don't get so caught up on what is happening or the vessel, what the vessel's doing. The vessel doesn't mean anything. It's what brings glory to Jesus that matters. We we sometimes get focused on the vessel. That's our human nature. We see something, we get all focused on that. Focus your attention on Jesus. When the Holy Spirit moves, he moves for that purpose. But how does the Spirit move? He works in variety of gifts, variety of ministries, variety of effects. But what I want you to see is Paul is very, being very specific when he says in that first two verses, same Spirit, same Lord, same God. Verses 4, 5, and 6. Same Spirit, Same Lord, same God. Do you see God is working Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all in unity? He's always working that way. He is always working in that way. So, it's not a different spirit because one particular person doesn't have the variety of ministries that you do. It's not a different God just because God uses a person in one gifting and doesn't use you in that gifting. God doesn't give everyone the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues in the body of Christ for the edification of the entire body. That doesn't mean that you won't receive tongues when the Holy Spirit comes on you, it just means that it's different. The gift of tongues is meant to be expressed as the the body of Christ. And then he says that these are given for the common good. Now there's a big, huge why right there. So when the Spirit of God is moving and working, one of the whys is it's for the common good of the church. It's for the common good of the kingdom to be uplifted and to advance. 
So it's not selfish at all. Gifts were never intended to make you happy. Now, when you yield to God, you will be happy. But I'm telling you, the focus is not self. The focus is the Lord. The focus is the kingdom. The focus is on Him. The focus is the fact that He works for the common good, for the whole body. And by the way, again, verse number 11, the same one Spirit who works in all these things to all, distributing them as He wills. So why does the Holy Spirit work? Because that's what God wills. That's what God's plan is. That's God's purpose. And in that purpose, there's something else for you to understand. Paul is is admonishing, he's instructing the church. The gifts and the Holy Spirit were never designated to certain elite people. It's for everyone in the body of Christ. This is again why Jesus said, it's good for me not to be here but to go to the Father. Because if I go to the Father, the Comforter's coming. That means your greatest hope for your family, for your workplace, for your schools, for wherever God has you, is you and I. Yielded to His Holy Spirit under His anointing so that the glory and the greatness of God will be exclaimed. Well, Pastor Brian, I'm just, I'm not a preacher. I'm not talking about being a preacher. I'm talking about being a Christ follower. I'm talking about that the Spirit of God wants to work in and through you. Not just people that fill a pulpit, not just people that are having a vocation of ministry. It is for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. For all. And in verse number six, it is says that it is the same God who works all things in all persons. For those who ever felt that Paul was a woman hater and that women shouldn't be in ministry, I'm telling you, according to the word of God, you're wrong. The Word of God says the gifts are for everyone, male and female. Furthermore, if you really study the life and ministry of Paul, Paul had many ladies that were in charge of things in his ministry. What he was addressing, that you will read about in chapter 14 of Corinthians, is a problem in the church because the church at that time specifically was split up between men and women and they were already in chaos with just tongues happening and there were people shouting and trying to talk to one another and and it was chaos and Paul said stop it if you want to talk about something go at home and talk about it but people have taken that 
that have wanted to take their thumb and squash women and used it for their own benefit. God is not a respect of persons. He'll work through men or women. So the how and the why. God is that uh, wanting it to work through all of us. It is a working of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all in unity, and he works these through a variety. Variety is the great thing of the church in life. God doesn't do it the same way all the time, through the same vessel all the time. He's a God of variety. (laughs) A variety of gifts, a variety of ministries, a variety of effects. I've had ones that have come and say, well, that that effect just didn't suit me very well. And I have said, because my father-in-law was the first to say it to me, what made you think this service was all about you? What made you think the service was all about you? Don't we all sometimes come thinking that it's all about us? All of us get in the trap, but it's not correct. So when you have something that maybe doesn't fit your effect or your ministry or your gifting, maybe God is doing something else. But the point is, God will minister to you also, praise the Lord. Sorry, Nick. (laughs) They last about a year and a half, maybe for me. (laughs) Then they start having problems. Uh, Okay, so let's move on. We've talked about the how and why. The next one, we're going to address two this morning. We're going to talk about wisdom, and we're going to talk about knowledge. Um, The reason I'm addressing these together is, number one, uh, there are many times I have seen the Spirit of God work both of these together, and it's wonderful when it happens. But the Holy Spirit can work them individually, too, just as He wills and determines. But I want to give you a little bit of of an example and and talk a little bit about each of these. First of all, of course, covering the the, uh, gift of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, and then the spirit of knowledge. But before I do that, I want to tell you that uh, there became so aware to us the, the gifts of the spirit when I was a very young youth pastor and associate pastor in Graham, Texas, we had a very precious brother that came in uh, by the name of Brother, brother K. He was a great man of God. Uh, don't know if he's still alive. I've kind of lost touch with him. He was older. It's possible he's with the Lord. Uh, but just a great man. And one thing I will tell you that was so encouraging me as a young man is when I worked with this man not only as an associate pastor but as a senior pastor, I realized that there was never a moment, no matter how much you grew in the Lord, when you weren't willing to say, you know what, I missed God on that. And it really, really impacted me. Because here was a man who clearly was used by God in the gifts, was knowledgeable of the Word, studied the Word of God, and yet when we came together and we talked about a certain thing, he said, you know what, Pastor? He said, I probably miss God on that. And uh, there was one particular moment in our church in Winlock where 
uh, something happened and uh, I uh, had to address it publicly as the senior pastor. I was uh, 30 years old and literally uh, just thinking, why me, Lord? And in the midst of that, this gentleman stood up and said, you have heard from your pastor, that's how God works, is through authority, I submit to him. See, when the Spirit of God is at work, God brings order. He doesn't bring disorder. And we talked about it after service, and it was a wonderful thing. In fact, uh, another great thing, we left having communion together because it was very obvious that the Lord was working. So let me talk a little bit about this. Uh, first of all, let me, uh, as we're looking at wisdom and knowledge, let me tell you, there was a person in our church in Texas by the name of Minnie Bray. She has gone on to be with the Lord. She was a precious, precious saint. Loved the Lord with all of her heart, and as she got older, there were times she was spot on with God, and there were times where she had too much pizza or something, okay? That's just a fact. At one time, I'll give you an example. One time when Jill was pregnant with, uh, uh, with Michaela, Minnie Bray came up to her, and she was having trouble, and she was telling Jill what she needed to do for, to better the pregnancy, and she told her that she needed to eat raw meat wrapped in tinfoil. Now, how many of you know that that probably was not wisdom from the Lord? <laughs> okay? But, now don't laugh because, again, this is where I'm telling you that, that God, is, God will use a vessel that is able. The same time Jill and I were on our face before God, asking God to give us direction. We knew and felt the moving of the Lord. We didn't know what God was doing. I was a young person in ministry, and I was thinking, God, I don't know what to do. My presbyter in North Texas had called me and said, Pastor Brian, there is a church in Grapevine, Texas. We want you to take it. Please give me a call tomorrow morning. I sat in my office fighting my own self with the telephone. Now, the reason why is because I had been on my face praying before God and laying out before Him, and I had heard from the Lord one word, wait. And I would come home embarrassed because Jill would say, well, did you pray today? I said, yeah. Well, what did the Lord say? Wait. <laughs> And I wanted a different answer. But God, that was the answer God was giving me. Now, no one else was aware at this moment what we were praying about. Okay? So, uh, Brother K was in a service ministering, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He was teaching. That's right. It was a teaching time. We were in Sunday school. And he said, someone asked, is there a time when the spirit of wisdom and knowledge will work together? And he says, yes, the Lord sometimes does that. He said, if I was going to use Pastor Brian as an example, the spirit of the Lord may. And when he said that, 
I didn't know this. He didn't know this at the time, but, or we both didn't, but he said he felt the Lord come over him. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he, using what he thought was an example, said, you have been on your face before God for months, and you've been asking God for an answer, and he's given you an answer. Wait. If you will wait, God will open a door so big you can't help but fall through it. And I sat there in a crumpled mess because God absolutely knew and read what was happening. No one else other than Jill knew what I had been praying. Now, that started uh, uh, a bunch of things. We knew that God was moving us on. And so we started talking about that with the church. And pretty soon, of course, when you talk about that, you'll have people tell you all kinds of things. Well, little mini Bray came up to me because I was praying, asking God, and God said, wait. Well, now back to my office. I'm telling you, sitting there at my phone, at my phone I fought with God. The phone, every time I went to pick it up, felt like 10,000 pounds. And I just wanted to call so bad and just say, I'll take the church in Grapevine. And I told Jill one morning that I got up. I said, she said, so are you you going to prayer? What are you going to do today? I said, I'm getting into my office, and at 9 o'clock, I'm calling the presbyter and going to take the church. And she said, okay. She went off to... Uh, Southwest Air, she worked at Southwest Airlines at that time, and she got home and she said, so? I said, well, so what? Nothing happened. (laughs) Because every time I would go for the phone, God said, no, don't do it. So I didn't. So Minnie came to me one Sunday. I was getting very discouraged because God was, nothing was happening. We had sent out everywhere, and I mean everywhere, not a word for months. Minnie Bray came up to me and she says, uh, I, I believe I have a word from the Lord for you. She said, I know you've been praying and you don't know where you're going to go, but I feel like the Lord is going to be sending you back home. And in fact, she goes, I really believe it's going to be within 60 miles of your home and it's probably going to be north. Now, I was born and raised in Portland and guess where I ended up? Winlock, Washington, exit 60 on I-5. Do you hear me? So that's how, how God, that, now that was specific. Then she said, she turned right after she said that, and she said, oh, one more thing. God says what will begin in absolute sorrow will end in joy. It wasn't but a couple of weeks after that I got a phone call from my brother right before I had to preach. Brian, dad just passed away. The senior pastor was gone. There was no kick to anybody. And uh, I remember me being just in a tailspin. But when I got up to preach, this goes to show you God doesn't just work in those specific gifts. I get up to preach. Do you know what my message was on? The message was on Jesus in Luke where he says, you let the dead bury their dead. You go preach the gospel. 
That, and I hadn't thought about it because at this point I was an associate. I was preaching maybe once every six weeks. So I hadn't even thought really about what my passage was till I stood up and I looked at it and I went, Lord, you have been preparing my heart to this very day. And God gave me an absolute peace. And so, uh, so the spirit of wisdom and knowledge working together. When, when uh, Brother K said, God's given you a word, wait. He was giving a word of knowledge. No one else knew that. And then he gave wisdom. If you will wait, God will open a door so big you can't help but fall through it. Okay? Jill and I got on an airplane to go back to my dad's funeral. While we're on the plane, my brother calls me when we get off, says, a church called for you here. I said, yeah, get out of here. I know my brother. He said, no, I'm not kidding you. A church called. And I said, well, okay. So I called them. It was the pulpit committee from Winlock. They said, we want to talk to you. We'd like to interview you and your wife. We would like you to consider coming. So I said, okay. When would you like to meet? Well, the only day we have to meet is 11 o'clock on Thursday of this week. Guess when my dad was laid to rest? 11 o'clock Thursday. Now, I made one of the hardest decisions I'd ever made in my life. I called my older brother and my second brother in line, and I said, Guys, I know this sounds funny, but God has made it clear and prepared my heart already. I can't be there for the actual, actual burial internment of, my, of dad. I've got, I've got to be somewhere else because God made it clear you're to be where you're to be. So I went to that interview with Jill. They asked me, well, you know, what's happening? I, I told them the story. They were kind of surprised. After that Wednesday, we preached on Sunday we got a 100% vote that Sunday. Jill and I got on the plane Monday morning. We're flying back to Texas. And Jill looks at me and grabs my hand and said, do you remember what Minnie Bray said? And I hadn't even considered it. And I went, wow. And then I said, and do you remember what else she said? What starts in absolute sorrow will end in joy. That is how the Spirit of God works. That is how God does these things. So what, let's talk then at first about wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. It is not a natural wisdom. It is not a natural man's insight. It's not even where God said he blessed Sam, uh, 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 he blessed uh, Solomon, thank you. <laughs> Brian, I had the, I had the, it couldn't come out. Solomon with wisdom. He did, and it was blessed by God. But this is different. This is supernatural wisdom, and it comes for a specific need or a specific time where God's word needs a practical application. Wisdom is practically applying knowledge. So, 
you know, when that came, wait, that was a uh, word of, of knowledge. But the practical application was, if I would be faithful to that, God would make it clear to me what it was that I was to do. And he did. He was true to his word. So it's the practical application of the word or, or knowledge for a problem at hand. So this is not... Again, just a natural, there are lots of people that God's given wisdom to. We thank God for that. It's to use it. It's God-given. But I'm talking about something that doesn't come out of you. It comes from the Holy Spirit at a time of need when you absolutely have to have it. And the spirit of wisdom comes. Then we have spirit of knowledge. Now, I will tell you, we immediately, in our human mind, go to knowledge of God giving us kind of unique, wonderful, fun facts about something that no one else knows. And God will do that. But I don't think that's nearly what we need to understand the spirit of knowledge is. Because I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And I believe there's no greater gift of knowledge that could be expressed other than desiring this one. Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Grab your Bibles and look. Paul, speaking to the church at Colossae, says that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom all in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, did you hear that? The greatest thing that we can ask that the Spirit would give us knowledge about is Christ. So don't just want it for, you know, to impress your friends with cool facts. That's not what the gifts are for. The gifts are for specific times of need. And there are times, again, like God does do, uh, where, where knowledge is given that is no chance. I mean, I think of Minnie Bray, bless her heart. There was a time when she invited me into her house because she had a major leak in her home, and we as a, a church were going to try to do something about it. So I came over to her house uh, to to uh, drop her off and look at what was going on. I mean, I don't know why. I knew nothing myself, but at least I could get an idea what was wrong. Okay? So there I am. I'm looking, and I'm telling you, when I walked in, there was mold. There was, I mean, you could tell it had been leaking for years. And so we walk into the living room, and I said, man, Minnie, I said, I don't know how long this has been going on. This is terrible. It's awful. I said, I'm so sorry. And she goes, don't you see it, Pastor? And I'm saying, 
yeah, yeah, I see it. It's, it's pretty bad. We need to get, no, she goes, don't you see it? And I said, are you talking about something specifically? She said, yeah, don't you see? In the center, there's a cross. And I have to tell you, I strained as I could <laughs> to find a cross somewhere <laughs> in the house. <laughs> and I just couldn't find one. <laughs> So what I'm saying again is I'm encouraging you. If you think that somehow you have to be this, this uh, a supernatural person for God to use the gifts in you, it's not so. Be encouraged. God wants to use you. God wants to work through you. God wants to bring the gospel in power through you right at your workplace, your school, your home, your family. You say, well, man, that's, that's a little intimidating and scared. No. How many times I've done something foolish in my life? And I mean, I have one that I've done that I'm very, that it was just very stupid and foolish at 16. I won't share it. <laughs> but my wife knows. <laughs> and, and so I, if I've done some of those stupid things... I certainly can say, Lord, please help me step out in faith, believing your word is true, believing you will use me for your glory as you work your kingdom of God through your church. And that's the point, through the church. It's available to everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. These gifts exclaim the greatness of God in our world today. In our world today. Bow your head with me this morning.